You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to this Wednesday, March 24th edition of the Lockdown Rockies podcast, along with your host, Ryan Latica. So today, as part of another division day, I am joined by Javi from the Locked On Padres podcast. And we discussed a little bit how the Rockies and the Padres are heading in completely opposite directions, not unlike the Rockies and Dodgers episode that I released last week. Uh, But we had a lot of fun with this one, so hopefully you have as much fun listening to it as we did recording this one. So without further ado, I'll throw you right into it. All right, everybody, as promised, as prophesized, it is arguably... I, I, I'm i going to say it. I might be more excited for this crossover than I was with Jeff. One, because Jeff is a super villain, an, an evil, evil man. And also because it's, you know, the Dodgers. But it's we've got we've got a special one today. We're talking with Ryan Latica of Locked On Rockies. <laughs> and I'm just I'm already laughing because I just think this is going to be a hoot. First of all, though, Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How's, how, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I feel like this is a crossover that the world has been anticipating greatly. I think the millions to the millions of viewers out there or listeners out there. It's just the Rockies, they um look, there are bad teams in baseball, right? There are some bad teams. But then there are the not to, not to go Billy Bean and Moneyball on it, but then there are the the really bad teams and then there's the Rockies. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, first of all just like what is the current like headspace that you're in right now i guess as a rockies fan heading into the season yeah um heading into this season i mean i've said it you know a bunch of times before but uh honestly you know i'm i'm pretty hard pressed to find a more hopeless feeling heading into a season than how the organization is set up right at this moment like it's honestly that's the best word for it it's just honestly hopeless at this moment in time it's 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 that simple this is really rough man because even even in my life as a fan, you know, if well, you grow up being, you never had to worry. Okay, you missed the playoff, whatever. You know that there's like stuff around the horizon, right? Then maybe the Chargers. I'm growing up with them, and yeah, you're miserable, but at least you know you have Philip Rivers, and now we have Justin Herbert. Shout out to my husband. But then, then there's teams where I don't know. Should, let's. I think we should start by just recapping off seasons, right? I think we should start <laughs> by saying let's recap off seasons. We'll start with you. What was the biggest thing that happened this offseason, Ryan? <laughs> well, obviously, the uh, the Rockies signing Greg Bird was the biggest thing that happened this offseason. <laughs> oh, I forgot they did that. <laughs> Greg Bird. Nothing, nothing else happened this oh offseason, Javi. Nothing else happened. That was it. Oh, my God. Greg Bird. I remember that dude. Just I feel like it's relevant because we're in spring training. I remember that dude was batting like 490 in spring training this one year for the Yankees and that everyone got excited. I think he hit like 120 for a month or something like that as a regular season. Just for an idea for everybody that thinks that spring trade is a good predictor of yeah. regular season stats. But Ryan, let's just I feel like we gotta get into it. Yeah. Talk about him. Talk about the misery. <laughs> the Padres fans, they want to hear it. Um I hope they're not mean about it, but you know, I know it's gotten dark, so just just go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, the the Rockies, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, everybody knows at this point, but the uh, they 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 salary dumped the best third baseman in baseball. 
um, to the St. Louis Cardinals. They sent Nolan Arenado on a plane to St. Louis with a bag full of $51 million to play for the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Rockies will be paying Nolan Arenado to play for the St. Louis Cardinals. That $51 million is spread out over the course of the next like four or five years. Um, and, you know, this was a culmination of essentially, you know, a relationship between a front office who, you know, makes every single, not, not just Rockies fans, but a front office that makes, you know, rival executives across baseball scratch their heads. I mean, you know, I, I was telling you this, you know, before we started recording, um, Nick Groke and Ken Rosenthal published a piece just this morning as we're recording on Monday, the 22nd. Um, where, I mean, they, they quoted, or they didn't, they didn't name who it was, but they quoted a rival executive saying that this is one of the weirdest organizations to deal with. Um, and you know, this is just, you know, this was the culmination of a relationship between this, you know, totally bizarre front office who thinks that they're the smartest guys in the world. They don't need, they don't need to listen to anybody. They know what they're doing. Um, you know, the relationship between that front office and the best player in baseball had just been souring ever since Nolan signed that extension in 2019 in spring training. Um, and it culminated with this, the, uh, the salary dump of Nolan Arenado for, you know, a couple, you know, four middling prospects, not one single top 100 prospect in baseball and Austin Gomber, who is relatively unproven at the major league level. Jeez Louise, Austin Gomber, <laughs> Gomber. I mean, just they, say that last name. That's it's the Gomber trade. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, that's it, what... yeah. It's essentially, and I feel bad for the dude, honestly, because he's gonna yeah. always have that baggage attached to him. He's gonna be the guy that Nolan Arenado is traded for, um, and I honestly feel bad for him because I mean, he's just living it up in St. Louis. He's pitching for the Cardinals. You know, he's he's in a great place. He's in a great baseball town. And all of a sudden he gets shipped off to Colorado who, you know, a team with absolutely no direction at this point. I mean, honestly, can you, can you see any kind of direction that the Rockies have right now? They have a farm system that is consistently ranked among the worst in baseball by any major rank, you know, rankings, baseball prospectus, MLB pipeline. Um, they just traded away Nolan Arenado. Trevor story is only under contract for this season. And John Heyman tweeted a couple weeks ago that they don't even have the budget to extend Trevor story. So it looks like he's going to be gone. Not that Trevor story would want to stick around anyway. I, you know, I highly doubt that he would, but it's like, this team just doesn't seem like it has a direction at this point. It's like just totally pointless directionless baseball team who is about to lose Trevor story after this upcoming season as well. So <laughs> it's, it feels like Ryan, what you're trying to say is that the only highlight of the Rockies off season was Woody page asking on the zoom call. <laughs> if you guys considered firing yourselves, yeah. that sounds like Pretty the much. only good it's thing. Like, that's yeah, Woody page. Woody Page and uh, Mark Kisla, who writes for the Denver Post, and also Mark Carey, who wrote for the Athletic. Those are the only three guys in that press conference who, you know, asked any kind of really tough questions. And I really appreciated that. You know, you, if, if you haven't read Mark Carey's piece mm-hmm. about the Rockies after that af- after that press conference, he, he published it on the Athletic as well. You should because it's worth it. Um, but you know, I mean, w- yeah, Woody Page asking Dick Monfort if he had considered firing Jeff Breidich and then if he had considered firing himself. And that was the other <laughs> thing too. It's like, you know, okay, Dick Monfort has not considered, has, has, he apparently has considered firing himself, which, you know, I don't even know what that means to be quite honest with you, but, <laughs> um, the fact that he said that he is not, he is not considered firing Jeff Breidich even after all this and this is something Mm -hmm. that was also published in this um, in this piece on the athletic earlier this morning I mean they they 
they detailed all the Rockies free agency moves under Jeff Breidich since 2015. They have combined for $303 million and negative 3.4 fan graphs wins above replacement. And there's no thought in the world to firing the general manager. He's able to misplace, misuse $300 million, $300 million for a collective minus three fan graphs wins above replacement. And there's no thought at all to firing him. I mean, jeez, dude. I mean, it's just, oh my God. I mean, it's dark. This is, this is a, a hapless, not even hapless. This is a, it's a void. Yeah. It's a void of despair over in Colorado. And it's really crazy to think that I feel like Rockies fans would have been like, all right, this sucks, but give us like a top prospect for Arenado. Like, if you made the deal with the Do- with the Dodgers and they gave you like Gavin Lux or something like that in return, you're at least like, okay, it's something. But Austin Gomber and it's salary. Dump. You're paying some of the money. It's they it's they got when you got oh my god, number three third base prospect. They couldn't even get the Cardinals number one or two third base prospect in that deal. <laughs> Elahiris Montero is the number three third base prospect in that organization. It's. The the whole like the the press and some of the who were kind of they finally like asked that room with Woody Page they finally like asked like the hard hitting questions. It reminded me in a small way. It's just you know when someone's just talking nonsense and you realize that moment in the room where nobody's just gonna say anything. It's like but it's like extreme. It's not like oh I think you know one of the Mad Max movies is better than one of them. It's no it's like something crazy. So I remember in like in college I'm sitting there and this guy's like yeah Leo is a terrible actor. And then the, the teacher, the teacher was saying that. And I, I later figured out that this is a bit of his. He, he, he enjoyed doing this with all of his classes to see who talked. And nobody was like saying anything. They're like, mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and eventually I snap. I'm like, honestly, not paying attention. It was like an easy class. And I'm just like on my phone, probably checking my fantasy baseball team. And eventually I was just like, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> like, this is out of control. Uh, like, someone needs to say something. Someone needs to do something. I'm wondering, you know, the Rockies, I guess they're in they're in this such a, a dark place. Like, what even is the upside for this team? Is there any upside for this team this year? None. I mean, I mean, yeah, you could I mean, yeah, you could, you know, really, you know, kind of cherry pick and look through, you know, some of the the smaller storylines in spring training. Um, I mean, you know, and it's like even Brendan Rogers, you know, the the Rockies former overall, you know, top prospect. I mean, he just suffered a an injury to his hamstring. He's going to be sidelined for at least a month, you know? So it's like Brendan Rodgers, who finally has an opportunity after Nolan's traded, you know, that opens up a spot on the infield, you know, like little shift Ryan McMahon over to third base. That gives Brendan Rodgers finally an everyday, you know, place to play at the major league level at second base. Um, he has nothing more to prove in the minor leagues. Um, and now he's, you know, he's turning into the next David Dahl, you know, David Dahl can never stay healthy. Now, Brendan Rogers again is hurt after being hurt much of last year as well. Um, you know, and he, you know, he's, he's supposed to be sidelined at least a month. So, I mean, who knows when we're going to get Brendan Rogers back, but, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's like little storylines, you know, here and there that you can kind of look for, you know, hopefully Ryan McMahon cuts down his strikeout rate, which has been astronomically high the last couple of years. Um, you know, I mean, obviously he'll be taking over for Nolan at third base. Um, but I mean, honestly, yeah, it's just, you know, there's not really a whole lot of, a whole lot of hope going into, you know, the, the near future, not just 2021, but beyond with the Rockies, um, and really kind of the common sentiment among Rockies Twitter, you know, a lot of the people that I follow on Twitter, 
um, is that, and this is something that I believe too, is that the Rockies just, they're, they're just not going to, they're not going to be able to return to contention until they have new ownership and new general manager, uh, a new, a new regime in the front office, because these guys, obviously they, they don't feel like they have to listen to anybody. They, they know what they're doing. They don't have to answer to anybody. Um, you know, it's all just part of this bigger, you know, greater plan that they have that they don't need to explain. And, you know, it's everybody else can see that it's just it's nonsense. I mean, they don't know what they're doing. And so this is just kind of the hopeless feeling where this is just not going to change until they have a new owner who, you know, decides to stop acting as the president of baseball ops as well. And a new general manager who, you know, is not going to misplace three hundred million dollars for negative wins above replacement, according to fan graphs. That's like really hard to do. That's because yes. really, usually it's yes. like, oh, maybe we only got like two, you know, or three war. Like, it's bad, you know, when you only have that. But you're telling me you got in the negatives like that's like getting ne- negative fantasy points with your quarterback in football. Like for anybody who knows, it's really hard for that to happen. <laughs> Usually yeah. if they just pass for one TD, they'll at least be above zero or negative. Shout out Baker me, Mayfield let, a couple years just, ago. Let me just read you some of these names, okay? <laughs> this is this is Rockies and free agency under Jeff Breidich. This is from that athletic article. I'm just going to read you some names, okay, just to refresh your memory. Keep going, man. Keep going. Since, Keep the since, train since going. the 2015 season, Daniel Descalso. This is in 2015. Daniel Descalso, LaTroy Hawkins, Nick Hundley, and Kyle Kendrick. Okay, those are the four in 2015. Kyle Kendrick, the worst of all, a one-year, $5.5 million contract for minus 0.9 wins above replacement. <laughs> okay, so that's 2015. Then you got 2016, Jason Mott, Gerardo Parra, Chad Qualls, and Mark Reynolds. So Gerardo Parra, I mean, he he was really bad his first year. He, you know, he kind of started to, you know, get a little bit better the last couple of years of his career. And he was the only Rocky who hit in that in that playoff series against the Brewers was Gerardo Parra. That was it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Gerardo Parra, I mean, he's a great clubhouse guy. I, I, I don't really like to hate on Gerardo Parra that much. Um, but then in 2017, you got Alexi Amarista. You got the really big kicker, Ian Desmond, for $70 yep. million over five years, which that was just a disaster. <laughs> then you got Mike Dunn and Greg Holland. Greg Holland actually turned out pretty well. He kind of fizzled over the uh, you know over the last month of that 2017 mm-hmm. season. But, I mean, Greg Holland made the all-star team with the Rockies in 2017. Um, and then in 2018, you got the, uh, the Super Bullpen experiment that was just a miserable failure. You got Wade Davis, Jake McGee, and Brian Shaw, $106 million. Um, Chris Iannetta, who is just a disaster offensively, and he wasn't that great defensively either. And then Carlos Gonzalez, was he re-signed on a one-year deal in 2018. And then you have Daniel Murphy in 2019, who is the last major league free agent that the Rockies have signed. The Rockies have not signed a, a major league free agent since Daniel Murphy in 2019. Daniel Murphy. That that schmuck. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, man. It's dark. And it's so funny. Like, because I imagine the Padres fans listening to this, it is the complete antithesis of what's happened with my team. My team, and I'm not trying to gloat. My team is the complete opposite. There's like competent ownership somehow. There's yeah. like from everything from you know, just small stuff, man. You know, you got, oh, Tatis is on MLB 21, the show. And, you know, uh, uh, and you see AJ Prowler speaking in Spanish. He's bilingual. And it's like, oh, my God, they don't manipulate Tatis' service time, all this stuff. And meanwhile, you guys are like, yeah, our guy we signed for $70 million is also opting out of this season. And, you know, I'm a fan of Ian Desmond. Um, it's hard to explain why, but it basically has to do with a fight I got into with a friend 
years ago who swore he was terrible for fantasy baseball and i told him that's a lie he gets 25 home runs and 20 steals dang it and then they didn't believe me and then he had that one great season in texas but a flawed player i guess you could say to yeah, be sure Des- the whole thing with ian desmond is he was signed you know not in small part due to his you know quote-unquote clubhousiness you know his his veteran <laughs> presence and his you know yeah. clubhouse-ness you know and you know how how you know his character essentially um and you know i don't think that that should go you know unnoticed because i do mm-hmm. believe that ian desmond is a, i mean he's he's a phenomenal guy you know and i've said on my podcast before if ian desmond was as good on the baseball field as he was a human being he'd be mike trout on the baseball mm-hmm. field i mean he's he's a phenomenal guy but ian desmond i mean he's a ground ball machine he hits a, he he beats the the ball into the ground 60% of the time you know, and he's not a first baseman. They they originally signed him to play first base. He had never played first base in his career. And, you know, obviously, you know, predictably, that turned out very poorly for the Rockies. Um, and they signed him for 50 million, you know, 70 million dollars to do that. You know, and now he's I mean, can you even really like think about it? Like, what is Ian Desmond's actual position at this point? Because I was thinking about this last week. I don't know if I could give you what Ian Desmond's actual position is at this point in time. Um, and obviously, you know, he he just opted out of the 2021 season as well. Um, he didn't definitively say he wasn't coming back, but I'm not sure that he will. Um, but like, you know, that's just a microcosm of, you know, just the, you know, the head scratching moves that this that this, you know, front office makes. I'll have more on my conversation with Javi coming up in just a couple minutes here. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about Locker Room. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. You you can also go download it free on the App Store, now currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, or NHL. NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room changing the way we talk about sports. And I also want to tell you a little bit about the Built Bar as well. It's the best tasting protein bar available and there are 18 amazing flavors out there, including Caramel Brownie, Cherry Barcia, Apple Almond Crisp, and so much more. So you can be sure to find the best one for you. They even have a cookies and cream bar for you cookie lovers out there. It only has 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. You'll also get a free cooler with any purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. Welcome back into this Wednesday, March 24th edition of the Lockdown Rockies podcast, along with your host, Ryan Latica. And here is part two of my conversation for Division Day with Javi from the Lockdown Padres podcast. <laughs> uh, so Ryan's losing it a little bit. I think we should pull <laughs> off the Rockies uh, trade just for a little bit. The stop, you know, stepping on the gas pedal. Uh, what do you want to ask me about the Padres? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's questions. move on to the Padres a little bit. Uh, because, <laughs> I mean, the Padres are also. I mean, because this is the thing: the Padres do what the Rockies don't do is they mm-hmm. supplement their core 
their core, their young core, you know, that are, you know, you're expecting to lead them to the playoffs with the good supporting cast. And that's just not something the Rockies have ever done. But I mean, the Padres had one of the busiest off seasons in baseball this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, going out and getting, you know, guys like Blake Snell and, uh, and uh, God, you Darvish. I don't know why I blanked on his name. <laughs> blanked on his name. Um, but uh, just overall, I do sometimes too. It's been okay. able to kind of settle on the Padres offseason. You know, you know what's your, what's your uh, just overall reaction to it? My overall reaction is that it's so funny, and this also has to do with the Rockies too. It's a little concerning because I've I've described it as the Padres are are warmongers. AJ Preller, I've you might have seen my videos. I lose my mind with this guy. I just cannot believe. You got a good player, great. He's interested in him. You got a good player, he's interested in him. It's just that simple, and he's ready to pull off a deal any moment. Like as we're recording, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't shock me if I heard they made another trade. Like it wouldn't <laughs> shock me. Like I remember. I mean, this is kind of a uh, hyperbole, but like I remember. So I was like, I had a dream that they traded for Mike Trout. And oh it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't really think they should be doing that necessarily because I imagine to get him, it would be a lot. And I, I like the idea of having a great roster now and some other guys in the future. But like the fact that it isn't inconceivable that they could trade for any player in the league because of how Preller operates is amazing. And on the other side of that, I think it's also concerning uh, baseball right now where the Padres decide that they're a big market team. Uh, breaking news for everybody, they're not this giant big market team over the course of their history. And then you have teams like Cleveland and Tampa Bay, two playoff teams, one World Series team among those two, obviously, who decide to give up their best players for money reasons. So... On one hand, yes, there should be congratulating of the Padres for being rad and, and dope. But on the other hand, it's also like there's a reason they're able to do this. And I think part of that is because baseball is heading this weird trend with teams just giving up. I mean, coincidence that the collective bargaining agreement is about to be up? No, uh, just going to break the news to everybody. No, it's not a coincidence. Um, right. So on that hand, just for a serious bit, and then like your team, the Rockies, it's it's concerning. You know, it's concerning that someone like Jeff Bradrich, who had a lot go right for him, a lot of privilege in a lot of ways. He gets these internships like you look at how his his ascent to this job, even that level. It's not like it's like, yeah, was he even worthy of this in the first place? So that's an issue. And then you look at the fact that he's not even going to be fired for making. Uh, I mean, someone called it the worst trade of all time. I don't think it's the worst trade of all time, but I think it is when you look at the the sentiment of it. When, that's the issue it's like it's not like you trade for some guys who ended up bad you're trading for guys that are probably not going to be that great and you paid money for for them to to get rid of him so i think it's the sentiment that feeling of it is one of the worst trades i've seen um because hey you can look at my team will myers for trade turner not the best trade in the world obviously it's worked out okay for us and myers might be better now but you know that's the kind of the sentiment and then in general, man, yeah, it's been a, an insane offseason. Literally anything. I just remember early on the uh, offseason, I did my my wish list. And I refused to even repeat it because it looks silly now. I was like, oh, yeah, I want them to go after Odorizzi and Kluber. That would be great. You know, you can compete on the starting pitching front. Hopefully it depends on Nelson Lamette. Then you've got Gore coming up. And, then, and all of a sudden they're like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's trade for Snell. Darvish, sign Hassan Kim because why not? I guess, right? Uh, star from the KBO League. We'll see how he does. I know some people have been down on him because of spring training, but it's whatever. It's spring training. 
Um, and then they go out and trade for Joe Musgrove, who was a hot ticket item in that trade deadline last year. They get him, and all of a sudden they're like, "We don't even need Mackenzie Gore to break out." Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, he could, you know, Paddock. All of a sudden, the the number one guy last year is now going to be the fourth or fifth starter on the team. Um, so that's just, I think that encapsulates what it's been like for the Padres this off season. A team that is just going for it and somehow was able to do it without giving up like their their biggest golden eggs i guess is what i call them i mean they gave up luis patino in the blake snell trade which made sense you're getting you're hoping patino becomes a blake snell and you have club control for him and that's a really good contract i mean 15 million i think he gets paid like 12 million this year the third year is like 15 even that that's really good for a pitcher of his um caliber especially not for a long time frame so everything's going right for the padres and i guess now it just comes down to can they replicate the offensive breakout side of things that they had last year because i'm actually really optimistic about the pitching i think the pitching is legit in every way i think it's going to be fine uh i'm more concerned about guys like hosmer and myers can they kind of have the same thing happen for them can they repeat what they did last year the launch angle myers all of a sudden being able to reach over the plate to slap balls across the third base side of the field and for singles and i'm like what what is going on this guy's the most clutch player next to tatis on the team Honestly, even some of his numbers might suggest he's even he was even better in that regard. I was just like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I don't know where this came from. Um, so from that, and then Jay Crotoworth obviously has the breakout. So I'm talking a lot, obviously, because there is so much to talk about. And I think that's the thing with the Padres. Such a busy offseason to the point where I often forget, I think, what they even did every now and then. I forget right, that yeah. they brought in Melanson and Keone Kella, like just to bolster the bullpen a tiny bit, right? Just all these different moves and Kim and they re-signed Jerickson profile. I mean, it's it's basically the list goes down the line. It's been hell of an offseason, and I lucked out uh, as this is the team that I decided to cover. Let's just say I lucked out real good. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just as you were talking, I just you know can't help but laugh. You know, thinking about the fact that you pointed to you know Will Myers for Trey Turner as you know this terrible trade for the Padres, mm-hmm. and Will Myers ends up being a guy who hits for a cycle every single time he comes to Coors Field. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that does happen. That does tend to happen. His 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 you know you know two cycles every year that he hits against the Rockies. But uh, um, you know, kind of the 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 other thing that I wanted to ask you, um, what you know, obviously now you know having gone out and acquired um, Blake Snell and you Darvish, you know, and they didn't need to part with Mackenzie Gore. You know, they're able to keep you know most of their their top prospects. Um, you know, just who who do you kind of see starting? in the rotation for the Padres in the 2021 season. Cause it seems like now y'all have too many guys for, yeah. you know, for the five spots. Yeah. It was like I said, like there was probably if, if not for the Snell Darvish Musgrove thing, Mackenzie Gore might be making, might be making his debut. Like, I don't want to say opening rotation, like opening a series or anything like that. Cause you know, service time manipulation and all that stuff. But even yeah. still, like I mentioned with Tatis, they didn't do that with him. So it's not, I would be wouldn't be surprised if the Padres are like screw this. What we're gonna do is be the pro player team, and that'll make other people want to come to our team. We're gonna be the the good cop to everybody's bad cop going on right now in baseball. I guess um, that was what was a possibility. And AJ Morejon was probably like a front runner for the starting rotation. Now I still think that might be the case. I think one of the interesting thing is, and today at the time of this recording, that's not happening. But when this episode comes out. Um, Denelson Lamette will be making his first spring training start. And I'm really curious to follow that. I think that they're, by all accounts, going to keep him on an innings limit this year. 
he had this like strain in an area of the body where I'm blanking on what injury he had. But basically, since he's someone who throws so hard and throws a lot of sliders, it affects someone like him a lot more. So I think they're going to be easy with him. I think they're going to load management, I guess you could say, uh, for for Denelson Lamette because they're hoping to make a postseason run. So if they do do that, then the rotation probably starts out. I think Darvish is the opening day start. I think he should be. Then I think you follow that up with Snell. And then that's where things get interesting, I think. I think you definitely know Paddock and Musgrove are going to make the the rotation. But I actually think Joe Musgrove is going third. I think Paddock, there's a, the potential that Chris Paddock goes fifth and then they do Monahone for the fourth spot. We have to see. I would be a little bit surprised, like I said, if they decided to bring up a Gore just because I think they want to flesh him out a little bit longer than Myers and have that service time thing. But the starting rotation, the fact that, like you said, the fact that all of a sudden they have almost too many guys – um is quite incredible uh in a lot of ways and i'm curious to see what they do it's an excellent problem to have and the starting pitching rotation was the issue with the team a few years ago uh looking back honestly heading into last season people were like oh i'm not so the rotation is the issue i you know just applauded myself i was like uh i don't think it's great but i didn't think it was as bad as everybody made it out to be i thought that zach davies was a little bit pretty good fifth starter he ended up awesome, and I thought that Lament was going to make a comeback. He's got great strikeout stuff, throws high 90s all the time, right? And that's what ended up happening. So if you take that into account and just add on to the fact that they got two aces this offseason, I don't really see why the rotation is going to be a problem. I think the bigger problem could end up being outfield depth. Not that you know. now we're just complaining, and now I'm just you know like the minor of things. But right. if anything were to happen to Trent Grisham, who did get injured in the spring, albeit only just for a week, it was a mild grade one kind of hamstring injury. If anything were to happen to him, the outfield depth, especially defensively could become an issue. But in terms of just a full team, they're uh, basically stacked from top to bottom. And I don't understand why uh, they can't win the NL West. I think it's absolutely possible if things break away, uh, their way, who knows if Clayton Kershaw, he's not getting any younger Max Muncy. Maybe he, maybe he has another bad season and, Cody Bellinger's going to be awesome. I'm just, yeah, he's going to be great again. That's I'm expecting a full bounce back from him. But right. in yeah, general, everything's to. going well. Everything's going well. They're probably, they're projected to be the second or third best team in baseball behind the Dodgers or the Yankees. Take your pick, maybe Atlanta. But I actually think they're a little bit better than Atlanta just based on the starting pitching depth. But it's it's a good time to be alive. What a time, man. I don't I don't know what else to say, really. Yeah, and even a guy that we haven't even talked about, uh, Clevenger, right? You just had Tommy John surgery. He's not going to be yep. here. This, he's not going to be here this season. But you know, you you guys are expecting to have him next year, right? Yeah, and if everything breaks right, if Darvish, you know, low key narrative, he is getting a little bit older. If he's still an ace quality pitcher next year, the possibility of a Darvish, Snell, Clevenger. Musgrove and depending on what happens with Paddock how they feel about him or Mackenzie Gore type of rotation whew, doctor it's yeah. uh oh man it Pretty is good a... I'll have more on my conversation with Javi in just a couple minutes here but first I want to tell you a little bit about betonline.ag as well betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, as well as all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> it's it's pretty solid. Meanwhile, your team, unfortunately, to pivot over, I guess to ask you some questions now, uh, because we are we've been we've been talking for a while now. Um, you know, you guys basically just have Herman Marquez or Mar- I don't know how to say Herman, his last name. Yeah, Herman Marquez. Herman Marquez. Um, he's kind of I, I've seen people talk about like he's the least he does not benefit for pitching at cores. Not that anybody does, but he could be potentially really awesome for a lot of teams. So I actually don't want to talk about just the the pitching for the Rockies. I'm going to do, it's the most cliched thing. I'm sorry. I know you probably get this question a lot, but the Padres fans are wondering. So what, what's going on with Trevor's story? Are they moving this guy? Uh, are they moving Marquez? Are they going to be able to do that? Because I feel like a lot of Rockies fans are like, let's just rip off the bandaid, but are they going to be able to do the right thing? I guess you could say uh, in the words that were spoken by the famous Spike Lee and do the right thing. <laughs> the movie, uh, you know, always do the right thing. That's it. That's yeah. it. Uh, will they be able to do that? Yeah, honestly, I mean, at this point, you know, I don't, you know, at this point, Trevor Story's value is not going to get any, any higher from this moment on, you know, entering the season. It's just going to, you know, go down obviously, because, you know, if you're going to try and trade Trevor Story, um, teams are going to want as much of him as possible. You know, he's, he's entering his walk year. Um, and you know, the fact that, so, so, so there, there are two things that go into this. The, the first thing is, um, is what was said in the press conference after they traded Arenado is that the Rockies front office still believes that this is a truly talented team. That's what they said. This is a quote, truly talented team. And I know you laugh right when I say that, <laughs> And, you know, that's what I honestly I laugh, too. But uh, this, that's what they truly do believe. They, they made it clear that this is not a rebuild, which mm-hmm. I don't I don't like I would love to just sit down with Jeff Breidich and ask him just about that. Um, but, you know, they they truly believe that this is a team that just simply underperformed over the last couple of years. They think that this team's talent level is closer to 2017 and 2018 when by far and away their pitching staff carried them to the to the to the postseason. It wasn't even close. Their offense has been terrible since 2018, 2017, I guess. Um but the fact that they still believe that this is a truly talented team. You know, they're not in the rebuild, so I don't expect them to trade Trevor Story until at least the deadline, which yeah. doesn't make any sense because then you're not going to get nearly as much for him at the deadline as you would if, you know, if, if they decided to just rip off the Band-Aid and trade him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, you have what John Heyman tweeted a couple weeks ago saying that the Rockies apparently don't even have the budget to extend him. So it's like, OK, so if we're not even trying to work on an ex- work on an extension, then what is he still doing here? You know, yeah. trade him, rip off the Band-Aid now. He's not going to be here next year anyway. You know, I, I I, would be just completely floored if he wanted to stick around after seeing what happened with Nolan Arenado. Um, you know, he and he's, he's made no public indications that he wants to stick around. There's been nothing leaked, you know, so far to, you know, lead on that the Rockies are even trying to extend him. So, you know, it comes to the point, it's like, what are we even doing here? You know, it's like trade him now you know, take advantage of his, of his value over the course of a full season, rather than, you know, shipping him off as a two month rental at the trade deadline um, and just rip off the bandaid now, do it now, you know, cause you know, if you're not even going to try to extend him, then what's the point, you know, just get rid of him now. 
but you know they don't they they still think that they can contend they still think that this is a talented team that just simply underperformed the last couple of years um and you know this is a little crash course for you and seeing just kind of how inept and incompetent this front office really is this is just how they think about things it's that's really incredible them being like we still think this is super talented and competitive team it's yeah, like yeah you know on youtube you can go watch it and they, oh, they I'm going to say that verbatim and 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 i agree like you know the end of avengers infinity war like the first scene in avengers endgame is tony stark being like you know what i think we're in great shape you know what i mean like we could still yeah. do this and you know spoiler you know sunny corleone uh after he passes in uh in the first godfather movie the dot is like we got this. Like, this is everything's going well right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> what is going on? What are you talking about? Things just is absolutely uh, asinine. It's S10, S11. It's yeah. just really going poorly for the Rockies. Um, and what stinks is teams know what you just said, meaning they know the way you're like, they don't have the budget to pay him. Okay. So that means you're definitely not signing him and keeping him. So that means they're like, okay, we know you have to trade him now at the deadline. So we're going to give you an Austin Gobber type prospect. Again, that's what could potentially happen here. Not to mention other teams. Now, I think Lindor's, I, I, I think like yesterday, uh, we were recording this on Monday, so Sunday. I think there were some rumors that they're looking at an extension for Francisco Lindor. But just in general, the shortstop marketplace next year is awesome. There's, yeah. um, there's a ton of guys, including Corey Seager, who's one of the more underrated stars in baseball, and Lindor if he somehow doesn't sign an extension, which I'd be very shocked if they if he didn't. But some teams might be like, all right, let's just take our chances that maybe we could just get him in free agency or we can get one of the other dozen shortstops that are available. So it's really bad for the Rockies, and I agree with you. I feel like they should have just traded him by now. Give him to a team that's really trigger-happy aside from my team because apparently they just don't need any position, but there's a lot of teams in baseball that would be like, all right, let's do this. Some fringe teams. There are teams like, I don't know, maybe uh, what's a good team that could use Trevor story right now. I mean, a lot of, a lot of teams obviously could use it, but maybe someone like the Cardinals, if they want to go big, they want they want to trade for him and go for that NL West. Maybe, you know, Milwaukee, there are definitely teams that could, and something tells me based on the, the past of the Rockies that you're not going to take too much to get him. So I really think that that's a, a dark potential future is that you give up the two bargaining like chips that you guys have for basically nothing. Um, Arenado, is it going to be tough for you watching Arenado at St. Louis? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I went through this with with Troy Tulowitzki, you know, when yeah. he was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays in 2015. Um, you know, Tulo, I mean, he was my guy, too. He was my favorite player on the Rockies when he was, you know, when he was around. And too, I mean, you remember Tulo, you know, in 2014. Um, you know, I mean, he had that just phenomenal season in 2014. Guys were oh, yeah. guys were accusing him of stealing behind, mm-hmm. you know, and it was I think I think, you know, with Arenado, it's going to be a little bit tougher than with Tulo, because I mean, the writing was on the wall with Troy Tulowitzki, you know, yeah. to 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 some extent, because I mean, this is a dude who just could never stay on the field. Nope. Um, he just could never stay healthy. Um, and I mean, we saw, you know, his career kind of fizzled out after, you know, he, after he was traded to Toronto. So that was, you know, Jeff Breidich getting out from under that, you know, at, at pretty much the right time, but with Nolan Arnau, there was no reason for this to happen. That's just, that was, that's just the most frustrating thing is that there was no reason for this to happen. You know, it's not like, you know, he was, he's, he's entering his free agent year and he's going to walk. I mean, he, 
the opt-out in his contract, he didn't even ask for. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Jeff Breidich put that opt-out in, in, his, in his extension. Nolan did not ask for that opt-out. Huh. Did you know that? I did not know that, no. Yeah, Nolan did not ask for that opt-out. Um, and so, I mean, essentially, Nolan just signed under the, uh, under the premise that, you know, they would continue to build around him. And then that just turned out to be a lie. They didn't do anything. Daniel Murphy was the last free agent that they signed, at, you know, at the major league level. And so this is just not a trade that needed to happen at all. You know, it was a pissing match, essentially, between the general manager and the best player on the team that ended with a, a salary dump. And that's just what's so frustrating about this is because he's in the middle of his prime. The Rockies are coming off of two consecutive playoff appearances, and you're supposed to be continuing to build up, you know, build, go to, you know, keep adding to the team, build around Nolan Arenado, and they just didn't do that. And so that's just what's so so frustrating about this is, you know, it, what it boils down to is this did not need to happen at all. Yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> it couldn't it couldn't be said better than that. I imagine, I guess, give a final prediction for win total for yeah. the Rockies this season. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the Padres to finish second in the division, um, you know, for. You know, and 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 I said this uh, with Vincent on my on my crossover uh, with the uh, with Vincent on Locked On Dodgers, but uh, I mean, you know, a lot of sexy moves made by the Padres this offseason. Um, but you know, I still like to see it play out on the play out on the field rather than on paper, um, just because they are still the Dodgers. They did go out and get Trevor Bauer this offseason as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so before I crown the Padres NL West champs for 2021, I do, I do want to see kind of how it all plays out on the field for the Rockies. On the other hand, last place, you know, that's, 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 where I'm, that's where I see them, you know, maybe high sixties, low 70 win total. Um, but, uh, yeah, two teams trending in completely opposite directions. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's the yin and yang, but that's, that almost sounds like a compliment. This is the. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's just tough times. And you did not disappoint Ryan. Uh, I had a f- lot of fun talking to you about the, the dark depths. And I'm really curious. I'm going to be tuning into your pod because, and everyone should for sure, but I'm going to be tuning in because I'm just kind of questioning whether for anyone who's seen annihilation out there, if just whether or not he slowly just gets crazier and crazier <laughs> and more delirious over the course of this, it's day it's day 75. <laughs> Trevor Story is batting 300. And the rest of the team's batting a combined 125. I've I've started I've the started Rockies making new mock, mock drafts. I've I've made new mock drafts for the draft in 2027. I'm losing it, guys. Like I don't know how dark it's gonna get. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, tell people really quickly what else you got uh, coming up. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, just keep tuning in at uh, at LO Rockies on Twitter. My personal Twitter account is at Ryan Latica as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll certainly be a uh, <laughs> it'll be a season. I'll just I'll just say that it'll be a season. <laughs> it will be indeed, sir. Everybody, this has been Division Day Rockies Padres. Ryan, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. You too. Man.